have, you guys have basically just caused a very large, very loud earthquake. That earthquake is probably going to alarm the gnolls that were camped. So yeah, we need to get out of here, like stat. To the boat. To the boat. And you see uh, about 20 gnolls charging at you through the grasses. Talon's gonna like drop back, like you guys are sprinting full speed and then all of a sudden I'm not there. And then all of a sudden, fire <laughs> <laughs> just pulls up behind you. <laughs> so you guys run up to the boat. In the flickering light of the wall of fire, you see Alon. Uh, you guys start making your way back to Jordan's Crossing? Yeah, so we tell the Jordan, like, yeah, he betrayed us and he's trying to steal these artifacts. Who knows what he's gonna do with them? Well, we'll stick around and help you defend Jordan's Crossing. Here's how this is gonna play out. You will each basically command a unit. I wanna carouse a unit made up of, uh, like, locals who will fight. If they, if there's a breach inside, they'll fight with me. I would like to get a unit together of spellcasters. So I wanna get together any individual archers. I want to go forward, but then also go beyond into the grassland. You figure you probably have about six days before the attack will happen. So we're going to try mass combat today. I don't know if you guys looked at the UA at all when it came out last year, but we're going to do kind of like a modification on that. Essentially, you're all going to be leading a unit. You'll be able to act independently uh, within that unit, but as long as you're doing it with that unit. So your unit will do something, and then if you guys want to have an action, and they'll do it on your action, and then if you guys want to, like, say, Rob, you wanted to cast a spell, then you can still cast your spell, and then you just say, this is what the unit does, and we kind of roleplay it. Essentially, you guys all have a unit of... Uh, I'm going to give you units of 10, even though a unit is 400 individuals. <laughs> I'll take the 400, that's fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> there could just be a lot of gnolls. Right? There are a lot of gnolls, um, but the way I'm going to play it is you guys are doing something, and they're doing something, and since you're controlling units, you're not controlling the army. And I figured unless all of us know the rules specifically, it would get really uh, boggy and slowed. So... What I want you to do is on a scrap piece of paper, everyone write down BR. Your BR rating is essentially your challenge rating. It's a battle rating, that's what it stands for. And it's a number that's dictated by like, uh, it's according to kind of like your, your challenge rating, same concept. So what I want you to do is each of you is gonna have a BR plus 10 to start. So what that means is your unit has different actions they can do. So you can attack, which is exactly what it sounds like. And the way you attack is you roll and you add your BR, and then I roll and I add my BR, and then we see what the match is. If it's a tie, nothing happens. The target takes, like nothing happens if the target and the attacker die, or a tie. Um, if the target wins, then the attack has no effect. If the attack wins by 10 or less, actually you should give yourselves a BR of 20, sorry. If the attack wins by 10 or less, then the attacker scores casualties, but not enough to break the target unit. And the target's BR is reduced by 2. So if I attack, say, Rob's unit, and it takes that 10 or less, and, and I hit you, but I don't hit you hard, I just hit you, your BR bonus is going to go down by 2. And your BR can actually go into the negative. And essentially what that means is, the way I see it, is if you guys get to like a minus 5 then you're on your own at that point. 
If the attacker wins by 11 or more, then it's heavy casualties and the target's BR is reduced by 5 and has to immediately make a DC 10 morale check. And if the check fails, the unit flees the battle uh, and is eliminated and it's removed from play. Okay, so you guys see the army come over one of the little ridges in the Great Plains and they're just kind of trampling it down. It's very large. We're going to deal with your four units and the four or five units that come out from that towards you guys specifically. And then the rest of the army will be dealing with the rest of the Jordan's Crossing army and it will kind of like be swayed versus how well everyone does. So if you guys start to do better, then your army will start to do better. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Try to go big on the narration. I'm not going to stress the crunch too much. Uh, if you want to do specific actions within your turns, you're welcome to. So you can say, my unit's going to do this, and I specifically do this, because commanders often act separately from their units. If you run, I will take that into account. Why don't we get initiative rolls right off the bat? Tim, is there information I need to know about how my battalion works? David, I would say that your yours are going to be bonusing everyone else's like morale checks and yep. your BR will be affected by like their roles more than anything else. Okay. So if you had your unit in with Sean's or in with uh, uh, Josiah's and I took a bunch of his unit out, I'm going to need a save for you to see if your dude runs or not. Okay. Right? Because he wouldn't stick around if he just saw half the unit wiped out in one volley. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. He runs. And then is there, is there any way I can persuade him just to come back to me? If you can see him, right? Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'll just have three guys in each unit, and then I'll have one guy with me. Yeah, you could have, like, three guys in each unit, and then guys in other places throughout the city where you can narrate what's going on. Oh, okay. I can can have in the city still? Okay, that makes that. Then, yeah, then I'll just have two in each battalion, and the other guys are with me. Yeah, because you could could also affect, like, how well the other armies are doing. Okay. So it's not just us as the leaders. There are tons of—we're just one of many battalion leaders. Correct. Okay. Let me get those initiative rolls, and I'll, I'll show you what I'm going to do. Uh, 16 for Alfred. 6 for Talon. 9 for Azir. And then 18, that is. So it's the morning of the big battle. Uh, you guys have been having scouts come back and forth watching the army approach towards Jordan's Crossing. The Jordan has sent out sort of requests or pleas for aid to the other countries, especially Oleana, which is, which is the country that surrounds Jordan's Crossing, but it has not come as of quite yet. Azir, you and your unit have successfully snuck in. The attacking force is about 2,000 strong. You have confirmed that Elon is indeed leading the force of Knowles. Azir and Thaddeus, between your two knowledge of religions, you guys know and have found through the library that Knowles tend to follow and worship very bizarre demons. It's very hard to get them in one controlled unit like this to the point where not even like goblins and orcs want to work with them. So whatever force is at play here, it's powerful and that makes it all the more terrifying. You guys have woken up that morning and you kind of look across the plains. It looks like they're preparing for their assault. You know, and they know, because they have Elon leading them, that the river itself is not easily passable. It's pretty much the bridge in and out. You did not notice any ships coming down the river or up the river to attack via the port that is at Jordan's Crossing, seeing as it is the only port within this area uh, along the Great Divide. That's the name of the river. 
but the Jordan has set up some units on both the north and south ends of the city to keep watch just in case. You have the loose ends keep and trading post at your disposal. Ray Bob is one of the last remaining living individuals from the loose ends, and he is essentially there to assist you guys in, in using the keep as an actual keep. The smaller cities of uh, the smaller hamlets from the Great Plains have been evacuated. The people of both North Haven and Boop have been brought into the city um, <laughs> and are now protected. You guys have met along with the other units to decide what it is that you're going to do. And at this point, this is where you guys can actually converse and tell each other what it is that you're going to do so that those people listening know the emails you sent me. It doesn't need to be as detailed as stuff you sent me because it is like, you know, so you sent me some meta stuff as well, so that's fine. And while you discuss, I'm going to run and grab a coffee refresh. So I, I sent them very simple stuff like that I was going to be scouting and harassing, but that's already happened. <laughs> so You're a mid lane? What's it called? Uh, oh, and... <laughs> Uh, in uh, league or yeah. something? Jungle. Yeah. Jungle. Jungle. <laughs> yeah. I, I prefer the idea that you and 10 other people are dressed up as gnolls like you have Chewbacca outfits <laughs> on. Hey guys, uh, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, this is Alon, guys. Real cool. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, if you recall from last uh, last time we played, I was talking about like trying to lay tar down or something in the grassy plains so we could... So, I mean, I, I could lead that effort and then just basically faint and get them into that area. So... The trick for me would be leaving that area before we got killed. That's an option. Well, they're still in planes, right? It's all grassy. Yeah. That is potentially flammable, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's if it's live grass, it's not going to just boom, catch on fire. So I have a unit of elemental spellcasters. So the idea was to... Grass-type spellcasters? Yeah. To use um, some ground shifting to funnel them mm. and then use either water or fire just kind of shooting down to just do mass aoe yeah uh, the other thing too uh we can do is if we do have to fall back the plan is to get as many on the bridge and then throw walls down on either end and then just force them to take the damage coming through it so i mean my thing is i have a pretty high deck so i could i could lead a troop of bow and arrow guys obviously i won't take advantage of any of my monk abilities then which is fine alternatively because i don't typically have ranged attacks i could just do a ground attack but again obviously i'm not going to like lead like kill these guys on the ground it would be to get them into position how are you going to shoot a bow i can shoot a bow with what with my foot no (laughs) i have a dex of 20 oh my god i can shoot a bow mage hand always mage hand. you guys suck and you think you'll be able to do it and make sure you can get back because we're assuming that the bridge is the only way in or out just got to make sure you have an exit strategy in case you need to come back so my initial idea and actually i i thought we were more in the castle rather than the keep so i don't know how this will affect things but my initial idea was i would have arrow people you know lining in this case the keep i thought it'd be the castle but whatever mm-hmm. uh, lining that area and we would set up in such a way so that uh we'd have some flammable liquid basically lighting stuff on fire my thought and maybe this might be where water helps is they have a really strong sense of smell right i don't know if this will actually matter this i guess depending on tim but i thought if there's a lot of smoke they would inhale it which could considering their strong sense of smell maybe cause them any issues because their heightened sense i don't know yeah. if we mm. do it i mean it's, it's just idea. disorienting and smoke you need 
clean air to breathe. The thing I was going to say to you, Rob, is specifically the, the one big Talon. advantage you have. Yeah, Talon. The one big advantage you have... Dress me by my Christian name, please. <laughs> you have your firewall, which is like in some ways portable. So if I lit something on fire with fire arrows, I can only do that where we have it set up. Whereas you could do it wherever. So I would think maybe that would be a last gasp thing because that would, you know, you could just do that wherever. So in my head, although we, I, I don't know if we'll need to do this, I, since we have gates, right? I could see myself, like maybe we prep by setting whatever that flammable stuff is. And I have misty steps. So I can tell my unit to go back and all of you guys go back behind the walls. I shoot it light on fire and then I misty step out of there and then we go back. And then we do another round because more of them are coming in. But I just thought since you have the firewall, yep. you should probably use it last, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I, I don't know, I guess I'm going to have to ask Tim this, but uh, if it sounds like they're being led, they're not possessed. How, how did you, well, I guess you didn't really convince the fishmen that you were their god. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there'd be any way. I mean, it's probably too late to get them to abandon but I, yeah i don't know if there's a way you break their spirit using some of that or something like that maybe they won't follow you i don't know but uh if there's some other thing to affect their internal morale so i uh i rounded up all like the lesser skilled lesser strong maybe unconfident people and gave them a crash course on bardic inspiration and bardic nuisancery so basically teach them how to use their own words to buff the people around them or use their wits to distract opponents so during the battle I'll be attempting to fight off the approaching evil with my more powerful abilities while watching over my Warriors of the Weird, who will be uh, popping up all over the place to shout some College of Lore 101 approved uh, encouragement to their allies. So maybe hum a few soothing bars. I gave them all, all my deep tracks. I'm bringing back all of the <laughs> Roll the Greatest Hits um, <laughs> for them to hum, hum out. Maybe to calm the nerve of some of the shell-shocked or, you know, spit some cutting words to make the encroachers... Alfred is fumble their weapons. He's hired us cheerleaders and hype men. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and I, I have all ten men named, so it'll be all the more devastating if they die. I got Princel, Didlio, Bruges, Hiplo, Targus, Prishbreed, Sprainerd, Fernback, Oyster, and Tane. <laughs> now Tane I can get into. <laughs> The darkness globe might be useful too. Okay, it's, it's not really darkness globe. It's or whatever it is. It's specifically a light globe, but we just <laughs> cast vertically cast, cast a, a darkness yeah. on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so our our rallying cry is sticks and stones may break their bones, but words will finish them off. <laughs> I'm just imagining. Now, I can cast darkness too. That's, so yeah, that might be yeah. useful. And I can cast fairy fire. So yeah. maybe that's what I'll do. Is uh, I'll just be on the ground, advance. Use darkness to kind of so one faint to get them into position. Use darkness to get them into position, and then uh, fairy fire to get uh, advantage on someone. Do you think there could be any combination with the ground shifting? Because if you do darkness and you shift the ground, they won't know what the hell's going on. They might think. I mean, presumably they realize they're on ground, but I, I don't know. Is that a combo? Possibly. Possibly. Since they're standing, I don't know if they just fall and then they realize they're there. I mean, or... well, your guys will need to see to be able to reshape the ground and cast their spells. Probably, yeah. So I... Probably have to do that first. Yeah, so... Mm. Uh, yeah. So should I use the darkness at all then? I mean, we'll see how it plays out, right? Because it might be able to isolate some of them in darkness so that they can't move as fast or shoot out. Like if they have ranged, uh, using that darkness on them would be good to as a defensive measure. I can cast darkness like above ground, so I, what I can do is basically hide the keep, 
right? Like, you guys don't really need to aim. They need to figure out where the keep is. Yeah. I don't know. Let's let me check the specs on my uh, on my spell. We'll we'll play it by ear. Yeah. I'm also imagining a sad scene of all these gnolls rushing in and one last guy juggling. <laughs> and <laughs> there's the just ship, a sad as song the ship goes down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Critters? It's your main half-elf, Talon. Just wanted to thank you all for continuing to support the show this season, and we hope you're enjoying it. And we will continue to use our supporter names in future episodes. To get idolized in Roll to Hit lore, you can donate at patreon.com slash roll to hit. If you can't spare the coin but still want to give back, leave us a review on iTunes or however you listen to us. And share us with your friends using the hashtag roll to hit. You can reach out to us directly on Twitter or Instagram at The Commentist, and you can find all of our episodes and other shows on our network by going to thecommentist.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening and sending us your love, fan art, and more. We appreciate you so much. Now back to the show. Okay. Tim, do we know the composition of their army at all, like from the scouts? Like, do we know? Are they all gnolls, first of all? They are. And do we know uh, what they're armed with? Like, do we know that they have any range or are they all close combat besides, like, spears? You know that there are longbows. You know that gnolls have the ability to cast magic. You know that Elon is a very powerful wizard. Yeah. Okay. Neither side has siege weapons because, well, I just didn't want to bring that much new into the... <laughs> Fair enough. This might be a dumb question. We don't have that flying ship anymore, do we? What happened to that? It's there. It's in the water. Rain down from above. Yeah, I mean, I wonder... I didn't even think about that, but then we could move. Although, I guess I guess if they have longbows, if they shoot it down, since I guess it's not floating, it's got the... Uh, Balloons or whatever, right? If they shoot it down, then we'll crash right into we'll have a 911. That wouldn't be good. Too that soon. Be good. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know if you guys have any better use for it. I can't think of a good way because if yeah, if they if their longbows take out the balloons, then we'll just crash. We'll put uh, chainmail on the balloons. <laughs> Extremely light chainmail. I mean, we could lower darn it instead and just crash the ship into all the nulls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is all about AOE, and yeah, I mean, we're not using that thing anymore. <laughs> well, it doesn't belong to us. <laughs> Maybe Captain Gideon Look, wanted to use it again, but yeah. What's the Fuck equivalent it. of D&D eminent domain? Where we're just like, Look, we need this for the safety and security of the... Thaddeus has no concept of personal wealth, so <laughs> yeah. he won't feel bad destroying it. Exactly. I mean, if we lose the city, he loses the ship. Do you want to make a, uh, a charisma check to see if you can use the ship? Might be worth it. Yeah, worst case. Uh, yeah, let's persuade. Do it. Paladin's got high charisma, right? I do. I got the best persuasion. If you want to persuade him, let's want to lie. Uh, uh, twelve. Alfred, are you aiding him? Yes, I will aid him. All right, then you get an advantage roll, or Alfred can roll the advantage roll if you want. Seventeen. So, what do you say to convince Gideon to get up in the air? Well, what is the plan first? Gideon, get up in the <laughs> air and crash into the... <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what Gideon asks. He just, in his deadpan voice, he still looks immaculate. Always looks immaculate. And he just looks at you and says, and what is it you want me to do from up there? You want me to go up there? Sir, but how would we get people off of it before? Do we need people off it? Don't we... I mean, won't they just die then? We're not... Oh, I was thinking I was still going with a plan that Gideon just flies into <laughs> something. <laughs> 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 can 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 anyone cast um what is it feather fall What's, yeah 
Yeah, I can. Do you think you'd be able to, like, he could jump off? Hopefully they don't just start shooting him with arrows as he's slowly falling down. Yeah. <laughs> slowly fall so they can shoot me. I mean, if Gideon can get up in the air and, like, direct it somewhere, I'll give him my cape so he can teleport back into safety. If he just wants to set it on, get it yeah. up in the air and set it on autopilot. Yeah, hit autopilot. <laughs> Wait, you're convincing him to crash it? I don't think that's. A I just good don't. Idea. I just don't know how else we're gonna be able to get the people off it. Yeah. If you want to use it just to shoot up high, we can. I feel like they're just gonna be like the parish troopers just get picked off. Do you know of any other good way of using the airship? Like, I don't know. It would be cool. I just yeah. You drop drop oil on people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still though worried if they target the balloons and they take it out. I mean, I keep guess... in mind. Keep in mind that D and D does not have called shots. Hmm. So it would just be like the ship would take damage or something? Mm-hmm. And barring some critical or some one failure. Can we have some equivalent of parachutes? Or is there, does that not exist? Uh, there could be like a feather fall uh, lifeboat rings, like those life rings, life preservers. All right, let's do it. Azir's going to uh, go with Captain Gideon. We're going to okay. get some hot oil okay. into the ship. Okay. And we're going uh, to drop the oil. And oil is going to be hot and flammable. Are you taking your unit with you? Uh, yeah, my unit of um, I think I didn't send this in the in the message, but uh, the last time we played, I was thinking a bunch of sneaky type people. So like either bards with uh, like blade style bards, uh, monks or rogues. So any combination of those type people. Wait, can't the- more more dex class people than mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. than strength? Can't the uh- Thrycreen jump from us. <laughs> we call them the Thrycreen Nation. Be a cool way to launch your your unit into the fray. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'll send uh, my two sneakiest men, uh, Prinzel and uh, Didlio, with your uh, sweet people. <laughs> on Prinzel, on Didlio. <laughs> Do they talk like Flanders? Does he? Didlio, <laughs> <Finally>, neighbors. <laughs> We're Didly on our way. All right, people. So right off the top, you guys head to your positions. Uh, where is everyone going for the start of the battle? Azir, I say, as I suppose you're going with Gideon to the ship? Correct. Okay. And uh, Talon? Talon's unit's heading to the keep. Yep. And I send Targus and Prishpreed with Talon. Alfred, where are you? I also fell in the same trap. I thought I was going to be in the castle, but I should be in the keep instead. Okay. So what you guys could do is if you want, like I said, there could be like one of those mini gate keeps at the edge mm-hmm. of the bridge. So you could be there if you wish to be. So it's like a small fortified, it looks like London Bridge. Which place has the most other battalions staying? Uh, the keep is kind of like the main force outside of the city. Yeah. Then there are small units. There's a unit within the the east and the west side of this of the bridge, and the east side is in the city side. The west side is on the plains side. I'll be the the most populous spot. Okay, so in the keep of the keep, yeah. Yep. Okay, and Thaddeus. Yeah. So I want to uh, be in the keep and line the the top if there are like ramparts or something mm-hmm. somewhere we can see down. And I will send Bruges and Hiplo uh, with Thaddeus. And Thaddeus, you didn't want to be on the bridge in the in the armored areas there, right? You didn't want to Correct. still do that? I, well, I, I want to fall back to that. Okay. So late in the morning, the sun is shining. It's not a super hot day. It's, it's uh, late spring. Things are fairly dry. Um, so you're not going to have the disadvantage of those really crappy wet battlefields. So that's that's a bonus, but it's also a bonus for them. And you hear horns kind of 
echo through the through the area, and you hear a roar of the army about 500 feet away from you. Uh, and then, just as the airship with Azir and, and Gideon and Azir's unit launch from the river, uh, you hear a crack of energy rumble above you throughout the city from behind. And in one of those... Uh, Gandalf-style Bilbo Baggins voices. You hear uh, Elon's voice amplified and thaumaturgied. Good citizens of Jordan's Crossing, it's very simple. Give me your adventurers and the item they possess, and I shall spare the city that taught me so much and gave me much when I was there. I cast Thaumaturgy on my horn, and I play like, wah, 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 (laughs) to to attempt to drown him out. (laughs) Uh, You may all have a bonus plus two to your morale checks. Yes. And you hear the city behind you cheer, and it drowns out the rest of Elon's message. Nice. And then you hear, fine, have it your way. Yes, I doomed us all. And it goes quiet again. For the brief moment, you hear the birds chirping, and you hear the babble of the river beneath you. And then you hear and almost feel a rumble through the earth as you see the units charging at you. Thaddeus. What I want to know is how close do you want them to get before you guys start doing anything? Actually, all of you have that same question. How close before you start? Or are you sending anyone out to try and meet them? Or are you going full defensive? I don't need to know too much because I'm trying to play my own, like, I'm trying to play against you guys without knowing what it is that you're planning, but I need to know a little bit of the crunch that I can present you with a proper... How far are they out now from the keep? At this very moment, uh, we're going to say 450 feet and charging. Okay, so the ship should probably go to about 200 feet. Okay. And we'll wait until until the gnolls get under us. How high up in the air? Uh, what's what's a good spell range? <laughs> two, you just see a fireball feet? go up and then it falls back down. <laughs> like two hundred feet? Should I be safe, guys? I don't, I don't cast. Spells. I mean, you're dropping down, so yeah. I want to be, be out of spell spell yeah. range. Oh yeah, I mean, one twenty feet is the common long range. Okay, so, so if you're about two hundred, you're way way out of that. So. About one hundred fifty feet between one hundred fifty two hundred feet. Okay, Talon's unit is waiting until they get within. 240 feet. Okay. So I'm going to do it at 200. So maybe hopefully once it hits, they'll be surprised by it. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that'll help. That's your first wall of fire? Yeah. So that's going to be, that's Thaddeus with his fire arrows? Yeah. So we're going to try to time it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And are there gates on the both sides of the bridge? Correct. It looks like London's bridge. So the first volley of arrows from their rear guard comes in, and for a brief moment, the sky goes dark as you guys look up, and it looks like a black cloud. Gideon does a phenomenal job and avoids the ones that are coming at him, and most of the arrows just hit off the sides of the walls. Some of them go into the... You can see them kind of stick into the roofs. If there are other monks with me, we'd like to catch the arrows and throw them back. <laughs> okay, man. Yes. Just drop. <laughs> so I'm gonna make a. This is our first br. So here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna roll. You're gonna roll your br. Yep. And I am rolling mine with disadvantage because I'm coming at you. Okay, I got my number. Just a straight d20 plus my br. Correct. And even even okay. when you're rolling attack, your unit rolls that. You alone will roll your attack like a normal. Oh, I I see. Oh. 
So how how'd you do? I got a 32. 31. Okay, so none of them can, they can grab them out of the way, but none of them can seem to get it. One of them will take a hit. Your BR is down by two. Okay. So one guy just kind of like goes in to reach for it and, ah, and he does the Wilhelm as he drops off the side of the ship. (laughs) (laughs) Alfred forgot to turn off his, uh, his amplify. So he, everyone in the city hears it. Oh man. Okay. And they will charge again. Everyone stays where they are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Azir, your unit's, at, your unit's at 100 feet, and everyone will take. Uh, you guys see another volley of arrows coming at you. Uh, Azir, I need your unit to make another BR roll, please. I got a 21. <sighs> nice. 22. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So the arrows miss this time. You hear them thunk, 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 into the ship. Okay. And they keep charging at you. And at the start of round three. They all are within now 200 feet. Azir, you can see them right beneath you, the front runners. The ones that you see beneath you are all melee weapons. You're now only probably only 100 feet away from the ranged, so I will not have disadvantage to the ones shooting up at you now. Okay. So Thaddeus, they are 200 feet away from you. Now, so we were talking about how we wanted to time it out. How does this work with initiative since obviously Azir's group can't do anything before I do it? Or, or ready in action, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, yes. So then yeah. myself and my unit will um, ready our fire arrows for the when the oil falls. Okay, Alfred? No one's within a, the keep's range, right? Not yet. They're 200 feet from the keep. Yeah, so I'll just tell my guys to keep, keep tight, as well as telling all the other troops. Yes. <laughs> All the other troops Keep around. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, and then when they come, we will all have their back, uh, and everything is going to be all right. I got a good feeling about this. <laughs> Azir. Okay, we're going to uh, dump oil. So we, we try to, I try to have Gideon, like, do a kind of a sweeping arc. So, yeah, I assume we can still do our movement. So whatever yep. the range is, so kind of arc around the, the front line. And we're just gonna spray oil or dump oil on them. Okay. Rain oil. Hot scalding oil. Rain on my parade. Yay. <laughs> yes. Do we need to roll to drop oil? <laughs> <laughs> you drop it on yourself, you light everything on fire. <laughs> yeah, so what I want from you is I want essentially I want an attack roll. Uh, to see how accurate you make it. And okay. I will let you roll Gideon's pilot, let's call it, his his operate air vehicle. Uh, so he gets a plus eight to this roll. Cool. So roll Gideon first. Gideon has a 27. So uh, I will give you advantage on your roll because he has set you up so well to dump the oil. So I want a, I'd say wisdom, because you're kind of like up in the air judging where to land so you can get the perfect shot. You know what I mean? Always to make that judging. perfect arc. Okay. So I have elven accuracy. Mm-hmm. So whenever I have advantage, it's like I have double advantage. So if, I, if I'm if i using dex, intelligence, or wisdom, or charisma, I can re-roll one of my dice. Cool. It's like a free inspiration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, okay, I'm going to roll this and use my, uh, my wisdom modifier. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that elvish axe. All right. Wow. <laughs> I rolled a five, then a six, then a seven. Uh, plus three, so it's uh, ten. Okay, so you managed to get a, an okay arc. It's not going to slow them down very much, though. Okay. Or it's, it's it's smaller than you want. Essentially, what you're doing is like a helicopter when it does force fire drops. 
or or a, gotcha. one of those planes when they do the the retardant dump. Yep. So the wind picks up just as you dump, and you see the oil kind of splash back and splatter around the planes and lessen an arc. So it'll it'll create a bit of a hindrance, but not nearly the effect that you were hoping for. Thaddeus, you don't necessarily know the accuracy of this. That part is kind of meta for you. You just see the black stuff drop from the ship. So uh, uh, you want to take your reaction now? Yes. And so this would just be a BR attack? Yeah, yeah, it would be a BR attack. They are 200 feet up. 29. Okay, you light your arrows and your, your unit lets loose. You guys see the arrows kind of go flying through the air. Oh, yeah, and I, I say fire. Get it? Okay. <laughs> fire! Many of them fall short and just kind of like tunk, 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 tunk into the ground. But a couple do hit their target and, and you see like almost like puddles and pockets of flames burst up. Not nearly the effect you wanted to. And Talon, it is your turn. All right. So we're going to start raining some fireballs on them. Heck yeah, you uh, are. This is Talon, like what he's lived for. There wasn't <laughs> enough fire. We tried to do some fire and there just wasn't enough. There's never enough two. fire. So we are going to cast Melf's Minute Meteors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone's just going to send two meteors, and we're just going to blanket uh, around the general area where that oil fell to try to increase the damage. Okay. So roll your BR. Oh. Hell. <laughs> we got some shit rolls. Are they within range? Oh, sorry. So we're using sorcery points to double. So it's 240 is the range. Awesome. But it's going to be a 22. Okay. Uh, I rolled a 28, so you see it lob in, and the units that you're aiming for kind of dart out of the way. It looks it looks like they were ready for uh, something like this. You figure that the flame wall that you guys had kind of aimed for to sort of focus them into where you guys needed them, your unit needed them, uh, didn't work well enough, so you just couldn't quite... They were too spread out. So the first few units in front just kind of managed to, like, break through and, and your meteors go flying. But it has created a little bit of panic. See, I, I was all ready to say that uh, once Talon's meteors hit, you guys could have some snarky comment to us about, like, that's how you light a fire or something like that. But now <laughs> now we're both pretty not incompetent. What's it? Not incontinent. <laughs> no, you know what? It's incontinent. It's incontinent. Yeah. Well, I would have hit, but I shit my pants. <laughs> Impotent. I'll have dick jokes in there somewhere. That's what the hot oil is. <laughs> Raining down feces. Got all all the incontinent townsfolk together. That's what your unit is. Hmm. We're the uh, X-Lax team. <laughs> okay. So you guys see the units get closer. They are all now within 100 feet, uh, and the arrows coming through are being lit on those patches of fire. So Azir, yep. I need you to roll a BR, and Thaddeus, I need your unit up top on the keep to roll a BR, and Talon, I need your unit to roll a BR. Thaddeus got a 33. Azir has a 27. Talon has a 37. Talon, I did not beat your number, so you guys managed to dodge. Thaddeus, you're down by two. Oof. And Azir, you are under, uh, I, I rolled a 20 for you. So I rolled a 40, which oh. means you are going to lose five, Oof, and I need great. a morality check. Alfred, I also need you to roll a BR yep. for that one. 30. Okay, so that is 10. You are going to lose two off of your BR. Okay. Okay, Azir, morale check. 21. They manage, your unit holds together, you do not lose anyone, but you do lose that five off of your BR. What are you down to? I don't want to tell you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Does his group look bloody? Okay. <laughs> you you can't see his group because they're up in the air and on an airship far away. Azir. Yep. Can you stay plugged in and the rest of them unplug, please? Okay. All set. Okay, Azir. From from the air, uh, you notice that there is uh, these weird mounds, like the Bugs Bunny under the ground mounds. Okay. Uh, heading directly towards the bridge. Well, that's not good. You see two of them, and they look like large creatures. Uh, but you, you can't tell what they are. You just see under the ground moving up. Okay. Okay, they can plug back in. Hmm. Okay, Thaddeus, your turn. Um, where? How close are they now? 100 feet. Okay. Then we will... So, just so you guys know, they're, they're not all 100 feet away from you. The front line is 100 feet, and they spread back. Because the ones that fired don't get to move as far, and blah, blah, blah. And okay. Trying to be both liberal and reasonable with the range and taking actions and moving and all that fun stuff. So, I'm going to attack with arrows. So, and you guys are within range, so I can use a normal one. Mm-hmm. Knock! Loose! Um, oh, fuck. 37. Yeah. I rolled a 21. Nice. So they're all dead? <laughs> no. Five of them go down. You see half. Like, so they're down by five. And... Oh, son of a bitch. Okay, Thaddeus, you, like, knock and you let loose and you guys just rain down hellfire onto this first unit of, of uh, gnolls that comes charging at you. Uh, and it pegs into a bunch of them, and you just see some of them drop and do that like really creepy nerve twitch thing huh. as their like <laughs> last breath. And then you see the rest of them just kind of scatter and make hyena noises as they dart off into all directions. That unit is destroyed. Yes. Yeah. We all cheer. So that unit was like what a thousand, <laughs> thousand gnolls. <laughs> <laughs> it was that number that you need for it to be like impressive. <laughs> <laughs>